You're listening to the Fortnite Podcast with your host, Too Loud TX and Monster Defense. What up, what up, what up, and welcome to another episode of the Fortnite Podcast. I'm your host, Monster Deface, and today we have Life with Panda joining us. But before we jump into the things, the info, all of the drama and content that we're going to be covering today, I want to thank you guys, Fortnite fan, for tuning in, listening with us here for episode 118, whether it be Spotify, Apple, Dash Radio, Stitcher. Thank you, Fortnite fam. Thanks for sticking with us and riding with us. I told you guys, we're dropping that episode today. Now, Panda, the floor is yours. Say what's up to the people. Hey, what's going on, everybody? It's been a crazy week, and I'm excited to dive into it, Monster. Hey, and that's exactly what we're going to do, because guess what? Fortnite's down. The game has crashed. The launcher's not working. Uh, it's <laughs> 3 p.m. Central, which means it's about 4 p.m. Eastern for Panda. So, yeah, if you're experiencing this, well, now you know. Hey, come listen to the podcast. We got the content. Keep you guys covered and nice and cushiony. With that, though, I want to jump into, like, just talk about bands and, and things being offline. We got Faze Jarvis here. Yeah, Faze Jarvis coming out of left field, tweeting out a few days ago, hey, I'm going to defy my, my epic Fortnite ban and go live on Twitch and stream me playing Fortnite. Or so we thought. Come to find out a few days later, or a few days pass, bam, Jarvis drops a YouTube video with a whole behind-the-scenes look at what was going on, and he faked his return to Fortnite. He wasn't even playing the game. Uh, so he duped all his fans. I mean, it's just a crazy, crazy thing to see from a content creator, but what are your thoughts, man? Well, I want to backtrack a little bit. Guys, if you remember a year ago, around this week, literally, he was banned. So he's been banned from Fortnite for over 365 days. If you guys remember that episode, Too Loud TX and I covered all of that action. Essentially, this kid thought it was a great idea to jump on YouTube and promote cheats, aimbot, wall hacks mm -hmm. to his impressionable community and Fortnite Papa Epic Games was not having it. They hammered down the, the, the strictest of bans. They gave him a permanent lifetime ban from Epic. He thought, yeah. <laughs> so fast forward today, he thought it was a great idea in celebration, I guess, of his one-year <laughs> ban. He was going to do this whole stunt where he fakes his live stream or fakes playing Fortnite on stream as like a precautionary measure. Now, I want to talk about that because... Yes, it's one thing to make joke of it and, you know, with this whole cheating stuff. And, you know, it was clearly a bad idea. Whoever at FaZe is advising this guy, terrible idea. Sure, he might have made some short-term gains. But let's think about what he lost in the long term. His Twitch channel was also taken down for doing that. Yeah, so it's it's a questionable choice for sure. And I, I ended up watching the whole FaZe Jarvis video last night on YouTube. So I can kind of prepare for this topic today. And not only did he get himself now banned, the entire IP address for the whole phase house wow. is banned. Epic Games is not happy. They're not having it. Immediately reached out to the manager, extremely upset. They Again, IP banned the entire property from playing Fortnite. So that's that's huge. Uh, an entire organization's whole like content house cannot play this game now. So... Look, while you, well, it, it could have been cool. Like, it, it's a stunt. I get it. It just was not it. It was not it, Jarvis. You, and even if you, like, you wanted to be unbanned, it, you've, you and, and FaZe has petitioned several times to attempt to free Jarvis of this ban. Well, guess what, man? You lost any 
chance of that ban getting reversed with this stunt. This stunt. I mean, and I was just gonna say, and I, I want to talk about. Let's talk about the decision some of these pro players make. These kids. This takes us right back to that question, that statement. Should organizations be taking, I guess, a bigger stance against this kind of stuff? Like, do you think? And I'm asking, obviously, from personal opinion, but or you know, from your your thought behind this, do you think Phase was supportive of his decision to try and make this quote unquote content? So based on the video uh, that Jarvis put out, yes. So Jarvis tweeted out, "Hey, I'm gonna do this." His manager, within 10 minutes, immediately reaches out to him, "What are you doing?" He explains it, and he's like, "Okay, well, just keep me posted. If you're actually gonna play the game, I need to get ready for." For backlash things like that and that's his manager saying these things so clearly phase was in support of this stunt but you know from an organization standpoint phase is one of those ones that that genuinely take more risks than say like a hundred thieves or even like a, a tsm so i'm not surprised that if it's going to happen from any organization it's going to happen from a phase clan now <laughs> this kind of feeds back into this this whole cloud farming thing that they just put out in the recent competitive post this is an example of that using epic games and using fortnite as a way to essentially clout farm from a situation which naturally now is bannable and and think about it right now he's just going to be having kids possibly jump on this train this hashtag free jarvis mm -hmm. train right that's this is only going to create what would be a trickle effect of more and more chaos and probably more issue and drama for other people. So all in all, man, big L on the scene right there for FaZe. Can't believe FaZe gaslighted, allowed this, you know, didn't stop this whole situation and, yeah. and pretty much allowed him to pull a stunt like this. And not only that, the timing like couldn't have been worse, right? We're just coming out of this weird hump where quote unquote soft aim and cheaters that were using these third party programs are you know getting in trouble and or promoting this kind of stuff right whether it be indirectly mm -hmm. because they're joking about it or indirectly because they're um you know tweeting out people that are actually cheating right as for funny for funny yeah. laughs and stuff like that so coming out of this whole heated debate things were finally simmering down epic released a blog post right they're like hey we're trying to adjust it the reason you don't see the bands as fast is because we have a system in place but listen we heard you guys loud and clear we're trying to tidy that up so that you know when these bands are happening and that we're actioning all these players and you have face jarvis pretty much making this entire situation take multiple step backwards by reigniting the fuel doing this stream stun and now again bringing back this whole debate about cheaters and controller players on the scene yeah, it's it's sad. Again, like you just said, we finally got over that hump of the argument being, oh, soft aimers, they're everywhere, they're cheating, uh, people are promoting these cheats, and then we get to a stunt like this. So it just brings more awareness to, hey, oh, why can they ban FaZe Jarvis in 10, 15 minutes and they can't ban soft aimers uh, through an entire FNCS finals? And, and, and I was just going to say, not only that, it it's also bringing up the, the whole question of like, Hey, you guys give FaZe Jarvis a permanent ban, but when you have someone cheat in your tournament, right, they only yeah. get a two-week competitive ban or season off and stuff like that. So it really it really has caused much more of a, of a ripple effect in the community than I think um, he probably even expected. But that's the problem with these kids, right? They don't think about the ramifications of their actions. Mm -hmm. How many times has Jarvis been in some drama? But even beyond Jarvis, right, these pro players are constantly saying and or doing things that they shouldn't be doing.
And honestly, that's fueled a lot of conversation recently in the community about the the age limit for these competitive tournaments within Raise it up. Uh, Fortnite. Like Bucky, for instance, tweeted out recently, uh, in his opinion, he thinks one of the biggest mistakes Fortnite made competitively was letting younger people play. I argue that that's not the case um, because it brought a lot more awareness and made it a lot more interesting and enjoyable for, for a younger crowd to, to really dive into this game. But I mean, it, it, it just kind of feeds into the overall thought of, hey, what's going on with this a, like this game that has this type of age group and that's them and they're they're putting out on socials with a big platform doing things that they probably shouldn't saying things they probably shouldn't and ultimately having these ramifications hit them and you're like well i i, I got some cloud out of it i'll keep going <laughs> it, and that's crazy that's what they do it for right and you know what i want to talk about that topic just quickly as we veer off here yeah you know what i i feel where bucky's coming from and I feel where you're coming from. I'm going to lean more on the side of these kids are paying for the prize pools, right? Think about the superhero That's bundle true. that just dropped. I mean, ourselves included. Let's not lie. I'm a grown adult. I'm sure a lot of our <laughs> listeners are too. That superhero bundle that they dropped was fire. But I'm sure, you know, there's so much more kids that also beg their parents and or parents that had to pick it up for themselves and the little one, right? So, like, hey, you need to appeal to the younger demographic if you want to keep these, you know, insane prize pools that Epic has been able to do so far in the game. And talking about prize pools, players earning it, tournaments coming up, the champion, the 2X, the back-to-back, DreamHack, and FNCS champ, Coop is now a free agent, and it looks like he has some options to choose from as far as where he wants to go. Yeah, I mean, it's going to be interesting to see where Coop lands. He is that back-to-back -back solo winner, and I even saw that he did a trio event and placed first place in the trios event, too. So that just is a testament to who he is as a player. And if you recall, Coop didn't land Caddy Corner to get these wins. He didn't right. land on Mythic items or Mythic abilities to get these wins. He was a smart player, knew what he was doing, mastered his rotations, and used his intelligence to put him in that first-place spot. So I hope that organizations will reward that. I looked through that post, Monster, and there's quite a few people out there that are interested. So I'm, I'm excited to see where he lands. Uh, but I truly hope it's, it's somewhere that's going to value him as a player because he has secured himself as a top-tier player. Hey, and I mean, he's collected the bag along the way. Let's not forget, these prize pools for first place, they're not too shabby. We're talking upwards of $50,000, $60,000 for some. I don't know what the FNCS one was, but hey, after taxes is still pretty darn nice to take a first place. Believe it, guys. Believe it. Um, And to talk about the fact that, yeah, he wasn't playing those Mythic drops. He was setting up the meta himself. He was actually landing Slurpee Swamps, for those of you guys interested mm -hmm. in possibly picking up the drop spot. He was playing floppers, all right? I know floppers recently got the adjustment. They no longer heal for 50. If you didn't know that, now you do. They heal for 40. So, you know, a little bit of a change there. But overall, that was Coop's playstyle. And we have some videos up on YouTube. Obviously, we're VOD reviewing out of our minds. Go check it out. Go check out the website, monsterdface.com as well, to keep up with all that stuff. But this uh, brings me to the next conversation. You talk about teams that value players, like Coop hopefully finding somewhere that he can call home. Reverse2K just released this video on him joining his brand new org, The New Age. Did you have a chance to watch that video? So I didn't have a chance to watch the full video, but I did see a lot of what he's posting out there. 
and uh, and kind of what the New Age is doing. And just a little side note, the New Age was also in the comments section of Coop's little post Ooh. about being a free agent too. So it'd be interesting to see if that's another pickup for the New Age. Now, it's really interesting to see a player or a brand like Reverse 2K join a brand new organization with no true ties to the community until these recent signings and, and this now new presence in the community. So I'm excited to see what Reverse and, and the New Age can do, but I'm also curious as to what maybe drew him behind the scenes to the New Age. Maybe it's something like, hey, he has part ownership in an in a organization or, or stuff like that. I mean, obviously it's stuff that we'll never find out, Monster, but it's really curious to me to see what drives someone, like especially a big brand like a Reverse 2K, to join a brand new up-and-coming organization so so i watched the video i think he gives a little bit of insight i don't think he went as far as like hey give me a piece of the pie you know i think yeah. that you know that's that's an mdf move i'd go all the way right no um <laughs> <laughs> uh, reverse uk he's always been a misfit he's always been kind of the oddball out in the pro scene uh looked down upon because he never really scrimmed even when he qualified for world cup he did it off of playing arenas which at the yeah. time like we said he's always just kind of done his own thing he never quite had that friend group one of those upper tier uh, enchilada of top tier pro players and stuff like that so i don't think it was a surprise that when his contract was up with tsm he didn't renegotiate with them and instead he found somewhere new where he could possibly feel a new home and that's what he expressed in his youtube video i'll give you guys a little bit of insight from maybe not directly quote for quote for his words, but my own rewording of how it is that he felt. What he said essentially was that when he jumped into the group chat of the new age, he really and truly felt welcomed. He was already exploring different conversations with different people, but it was almost as if from what he says that he felt like he was already a part of the team. It was open door policy. Everyone was excited to have him on. And I think that's why he felt like he made the right fit. I would say this to me reminds me of the Mr. Savage leaving NRG going to 100 Thieves because when Mr. Savage was on team NRG, he didn't quite he wasn't quite the star. Benji Fishy has always been the star of NRG, but when Mr. Savage moved over to 100 Thieves, I'm sure he felt like he became the star of the roster, right? Sitting up there with Cease and Elevate, he he felt a lot more highlighted on that roster a lot more highlighted and i think for reverse uk it probably feels the same way right you got to think about what it feels like yes it's great to be on a tier one team but you're living in the shadows of what is the myth the daquan the hamlins right these guys set this bar of content creation and these outgoing personalities that reverse uk doesn't quite fit the mold on but he is a fantastic player yeah and i agree so like with the the mr savage situation when he went to 100 thieves he immediately won first place in it was a DreamHack event, if I'm not mistaken. It was a land DreamHack event. Anaheim. That's what it was. And and immediately uh, secured his name uh, as the top 100 Thieves pro player. And I don't think... And I think that's when the conversation of Mr. Savage M came back. You know what I mean? It, it was it was a part of the conversation uh, early competitive Fortnite. Then it felt like his name kind of dropped off a little bit. Not saying the word washed. I hate that word but dropped off a little bit uh, in the scene. And all of a sudden, there it is again. You see his name pop up, a solo king, Mr. Savage, uh, or signing with 100 Thieves, and then kind of re-solidifying his name in the community. So I'm hoping that Reverse 2K does something similar. He's joining the New Age. The New Age is obviously going to benefit off of the fact that Reverse 2K is a big name. Yep. But Reverse 2K is also going to benefit from feeling like, hey, you know what, this is a home for me. 
this is more of like a family than it was like an organization maybe that he's felt in the past. So he's going to take this opportunity, run with it, and then hopefully use it as a, a um, motivating tool to, to do something big here in the next couple months. I agree. And I mean, talking about the perfect situation, Mr. Savage had the perfect situation. Big name moving from a big team to an even more massive team, right? Uh, a team where he felt accepted, a team where he could be spotlighted, and then turns around and wins a championship. It really doesn't get any better than that. That's what, yeah. like you said, we hope for Reverse UK. Reverse UK didn't quite show up to uh, DreamHack West, but that's okay. It's NA West, right? So for his initial showing, we'll really be keeping a close eye on him for NA East. That is this week, and that is coming up shortly. I think it's Thursday, Friday. So Thursday is the open day. Friday is going to be semis and grand finals. Hopefully, Reverse 2K will be showing up to make a big name for himself and the new age. And now, honestly... I have my eyes on the new age. I see they have, or they already have been building up their roster, their following, right? So they've already kind of been making their little splashes. But now Reverse 2K, the spotlight's on them this weekend. We'll see what they can do as they continue to push their way and bully their way through the Twitch standings. And as we are transitioning now over to Twitch, this takes me to the question. We hyped this up on the uh, on the little teaser for those of you guys that get to listen <laughs> to it. Man, we got Ninja and Stroud returning to Twitch. Say word. Oh, man. Ninja and Shroud, after leaving for these major mixer contracts, coming back to Twitch with welcome with open arms. And I got to say, watching Ninja back on Twitch just feels right. It's funny that you say that because I think it was Slasher that tweeted out something along those lines as well. He's a big <laughs> esports uh, person in the community. He's basically a news outlet for what it's worth. He's like Keemstar, yeah. except he doesn't quite dramatize everything. He's yeah. he's pretty humorous <laughs> with the way he comes at. It. He's he's pretty raw and uncut, but he does he reports the news around esports, and he felt the same way. It was like it just felt right having Ninja and Sorrel come back. And for those of you guys that don't know the significance behind this. Mixer, which was currently or previously owned by Microsoft, sold their entire platform to Facebook. This is also something that happened during a time where this entire hashtag MeToo movement was going rampant on social media. So mm -hmm. apparently, you know, uh, not confirmed. I don't want to toss any names in the bus here, but <laughs> some people on Mixer were a part of this MeToo movement. So basically, possibly... Uh, victimizing people, you know, in in some out some crazy ways. We're not going to get into that kind of stuff. It's it's definitely a serious topic. But right as all those stories started bubbling out, bam! Mixer sells their platform to Facebook. So I'm not sure how they had their finger on an emergency red button, or if this was a conversation they were exploring and maybe you know just entertaining it for who knows where it's going to go. And then all of a sudden, that was the driving factor to make their decision. But Ninja ends up getting his entirety of what was the remainder of his contract paid out in full by Mixer. Mm -hmm. And so did Shroud. I would assume Ewok did as well because she was someone that was there. No one really talks about Ewok, but Ewok was a part of it. She mm -hmm. was assigned exclusive. There was a few of them. There was a lot of people signed to Mixer exclusively. And yeah, for all those people, they all got paid out in full. You're talking millions of dollars. And Facebook offered them the counter offer, like, hey, come stream on our platform. And they were like, nah, dog, we're going where we want to go. <laughs> Naturally, they collected the, the craziest money um, ever for a short period of time. And they managed to get back to Twitch. And I think yeah. with uh, with Ninja's announcement, he's re-signed to Twitch. So I think Twitch has him exclusively. 100%.
And it, and those rumored numbers of that thirty million for Ninja securing it within a year instead of like a normal five year or three year contract, and same thing with Shroud. I think it was uh, an, a, a rumored ten million dollars just taken away for like a year or eight months of work in Shroud's case. That's wild. Even like uh, rookies in in sporting leagues don't make that much money in that period of time. So it's crazy to see what Ninja and Shroud were able to do uh, with these contracts. And now they've been able to return back to the platform, not only with uh, welcome and open arms, but with those exclusive contracts that guarantee them their, their money back. And naturally their viewership as it continues to grow back up from when they were on Mixer. And that's crazy because I, I would think that like after kind of getting I don't want to say the short end of the draw here, but I feel like Twitch was losing the battle in a way because, like, Doc gets banned off the platform for doing something mm -hmm. uh, egregious, right? We don't really know what that quite is just yet, but for whatever it was, it was warranted for him to get stripped of sponsorships, stripped of opportunities, kicked off the platform. Now he's on YouTube. You know, Twitch looked like they were kind of tossing money around just to do it to try and stay in the game, keep their skin in the game, and then all of a sudden they're, you know, one of the hottest competitors goes flying out the window. They're gone. So kind of like, I guess, uh, a lucky blessing for them, right? One person's demise is just uh, another person's pleasure, I guess. That's the, that's the situation yeah. that unfolded here. It's going to work well, out for Twitch. And, I mean, they're still signing people. They just signed Mr. Fresh. Yeah. And, and Mr. Fresh, let's, let's talk about him for a second. Incredible content creator. Uh, partnered with that no longer click um group but that click management team and just creating content regularly high quality content and good entertaining content while actually being an extremely talented player it's one of those interesting takes where it's like hey this is that one example of someone who can still be a really really good player but also be able to create high quality content uh, and and kind of live in best of both worlds yeah, he does it everywhere. His branding is ridiculously funny as well. He's got like this pickle mascot. So like mm -hmm. he's he's all over the place. People love him. They adore him. 6.4 million subscribers, Mr. Fresh Asian wow. has. He was only a content creator up until I'd say about the last year, maybe less. And, you know, times change. I think all of us here, even the listeners on the podcast, you know, we all fall in and out of Fortnite, whether it be us as players casually, whether it be on a competitive front. The same thing happened with Mr. Uh, Fresh Asian. He went from creating funny and kind of meme-style content to, like, straight-up competitive content. And he began to thrive in the OCE scene. So not only was he already one of the biggest profiles, but now he's you know, arguably one of the greater players, too, and respected on that regard. So talk about the perfect formula, right, to be a pro player and a great content creator. I feel like... On our scene, we have rarely any of that. Yeah, I agree. I think Fresh is that fresh take. No pun intended. Uh, he really does provide this entertaining way to competitive. So if you're watching his streams or you're watching his YouTube videos, it's not only enjoyable to see the way that he plays the game, but it's also enjoyable to listen to what he has to say and joke about what he's doing and how he plays it more lightheartedly but still shows that, hey, I can show up and show out. I, I kind of like, I feel like Mr. Fresh filled the void that was Ninja in this competitive space, right? I and agree. I, he does it like in a different time slot and stuff like that. But essentially, his, his approach is the same. 
it's about keeping it fun, keeping it lighthearted in, in some way and fashion, but also showing up on a competitive front when it matters most. Think about Ninja when he did it on Twitch, right? I think he yeah. holds a little bit more of a competitive spirit at heart because he was an actual pro player before this. But for what it's worth, when it was when he was in his prime, it was all about having fun and just playing Fortnite and having a good time. Yeah, and and we kind of we really needed that that ninja esque presence to continue when he left for Mixer and then when he was like, Oh, do I wanna do competitive? Do I wanna do this? And then he kind of strayed more towards valorant and and all the rumors are that he's got a pro valorant team now no way so i mean it's pretty interesting to see what ninja's doing uh but i'm gonna say this number one ninja gameplay uh after fortnite obviously was the recent among us gameplay hilarious with that group i, I can't deny that ninja continuing to bring that high quality content now that he's back on twitch Hey, he's a funny guy. I mean, he was successful long before Fortnite, right? On his rise mm -hmm. to stardom. And Fortnite just allowed him to amplify and magnify himself in his brand as he matured, honestly, as a content creator and influencer. He's still really, really great. I do agree with you. Um, but I, I have a question. Do you think with Twitch signing now Mr. Fresh Asian, the most, I guess, the largest announcement as of late, do you think this is one that kind of trickled over, you know, one of those leftover ones? Like, all right, we were kind of in that, hype phase of signing content creators, influencers, and all that kind of stuff? Or do you think they're still actively trying to secure and lock the bag for their big influencers because the market is ripe right now? So this is what I'm going to say. This is my my thought and theory on this. Ninja started it with Mixer. Now Ninja probably ended it with his return to Twitch for content creators and gaming figures. What I've also noticed Twitch is doing now is they're securing these celebrities like like uh, Logic and T-Pain and, and creating new avenues of content that we wouldn't necessarily, as a community, automatically thrive to, but it's like a new way of gathering new eyes on the platform. I mean, I feel like Ninja's taking one out of Facebook's book, though, like... Facebook has gotten a lot. They have a lot of celebrities that stream on their platform. And a lot of yeah. these up-and-coming kind of smaller uh, platforms as well, they do the same thing. They get celebrities, either like mega influencers on Instagram or, like you said, like small-time celebrities, UFC fighters, boxers, right? They really do try to capitalize on that market. I think I, I, think I tuned into uh, Ronda Rousey. Uh, you know what I mean? Like she, <laughs> she was on Facebook yeah. streaming, playing like – Mortal Mortal Kombat. She had no idea how to operate an actual live stream, but she was having fun. She was talking her smack, playing her games, like. And I was on Facebook, so I'm like, dude, these guys are like legit trying to find ways to maybe secure celebrities. I think that's kind of interesting too, right? Do you think that celebrities being, you know, transitioning into this kind of online uh, platform of live streaming stuff exclusively? is a way for them to just reach a, a whole larger audience in the hopes that they're going to capture, you know, more of that mainstream look? Or do you think that they genuinely think that by having these celebrities, they're bringing more interest on the form of people to just want to actually stream and become streamers on their platform? So I think every platform is like, hey, we need to diversify the eyes that are on our platform because we're not getting new eyes. Obviously, there's there's new people coming to platforms each and every day, but it's not like truly a big wave of, of eyes on a platform like Facebook or Twitch. Even YouTube's doing this to some degree. 
bringing in a big actor or actors and actresses like uh, Brie Larson uh, from Captain Marvel. She is now a full-time YouTuber or a, a regular uh, uploader on YouTuber, like two, uh, on YouTube. Two videos or three videos a week, I think I was seeing. And they just exclusively signed her to YouTube. So wow. I think platforms are looking at, hey, if we can get these celebrity faces, maybe we can start to pull away more from the mainstream, like watching TV and stuff, and pull them to our, our YouTube, our Facebook, our Twitch, and say, hey, listen, while you guys are being entertained on these platforms, we can guarantee that you can be entertained over here for less cost or no cost at all. That is true. I mean, it's all over the place. I think personally, the situation that's unfolding here, whether it be with the doc, you know, breaking rules, getting banned, switching back or being forced, I guess, onto YouTube as the platform, Ninja yeah. and Shroud return, right? These new players or faces getting signed. I think it's all just the tip of the iceberg, personally. I really do think that we're looking at the future of what is this revolution that Ninja kind of started, which I think that makes him like, it makes him like the goat, right, of the gaming era for a lot of us. This is the yeah. first big wave of esports kind of going mainstream and stuff like that. Ninja broke a lot of boundaries. Same as the same way as Epic has done, right? They moved this boulder in ways that was never done before. And I think this is just a tip. I think we're going to see a lot more, um, a lot more of that to come, a lot more change to come, and a lot more, I guess, formalizing people to platforms and helping content creators make a living on the platform. Hopefully they do it for mid-sized content creators too. I would love to see a day where mid-sized influencers straight up get sellers. No, I agree. And what Ninja did, despite the hate that this guy gets sometimes, and, and sometimes it's justified, sometimes it's unjustified, despite all of that, what he has done for gaming is massive. The only other figure that you can really say has done or made tremendous strides and sponsorships and, and bringing relevancy to like the gaming scene as an individual would be like Nadeshot with Red Bull being the first gamer to be signed by Red Bull and things like that. Yeah. Watching what Ninja's done is just, you can't deny it. Love or hate the guy, the, what he's done for gaming is immeasurable. Yeah, and I was just going to say, on, on that conversation with Nadeshot, like you said, bringing in sponsors that we've never seen before, right? Nayshot was a pioneer in his own right. He created his own organization, obviously, now the 100 Thieves team. So finding yeah. success in that, turning his success as a player, becoming a businessman and growing in the space. Yeah, what he's done is insane. He's laid down this roadmap to show that it's possible to do much more than just be a pro gamer. I think Ninja understands that more than anyone now on a, on a brand level, right? That's why his brand is so big. It's growing. He's got sponsors yeah. like Red Bull as well, uh, Adidas, right? So these major S-class sponsors, these real mainstream you know, brands that would never have worked with any other influencer like this that we've seen, they've managed to do that. Talking about brands and cool stuff and mainstream, your boy Monster has a cool deal coming, guys. I'll be okay. announcing it soon. I'll throw it up on our website first, monsterdeepaze.com. Check it out. But, dude, I can't wait to announce it. I'll be able to announce in three days from when I uh, release this, so the 17th of September. I'll have a nice little announcement, man. It's pretty cool for me. It's, it's a mainstream thing. Pretty happy about that. But we'll talk more about that when the time comes. <laughs> uh I want to talk about Fortnite, man. Let's uh, let's let's close this out. Let's round it out with, man. The map has changed here, Panda. Oh, in a big way, monster. This Stark Industry POI is massive, and with it, 
brings some new interesting items and also the question of is this poi too strong is it overpowered the loot that you can secure from stark industry if you leave there alive alive <laughs> and not eliminated keyword <laughs> <laughs> yeah if you if you can make it out of the poi oh it is similar to a, a a caddy corner situation you're guaranteeing yourself purple gold pumps from the vault the when you're playing in pubs if they ever do decide to move the mythic abilities to arena and to these competitive events these mythic abilities are strong the iron man blaster from his chest shoots through builds and hits people i watched a nick a30 video today where he eliminated a hundred players with this chest beam this ability wow so it, it, he had them all line up and shoot i mean go check it out but it was incredible to see uh it just kind of speaks to how strong they are and hopefully if they do make their way into the competitive scene they get some little adjustments first little but the poi <laughs> <laughs> but the poi man it's it's really good um so i haven't played the marvel limited time game mode but apparently there's like thor's hammer wolverine's mm -hmm. claws right like I hear that these items are all pretty ridiculous. Have you gotten to play the limited time mode or are you missing out like me? So I haven't, but I've watched a little bit of content uh, surrounding the LTM. Yeah. And these abilities are strong. Now, Thor's hammer is actually in the game now. Oof. But I'm guessing these other abilities are going to trickle their way in as the map continues to change a little bit week over week. So we'll see, uh, I believe there's a Black Panther ability, a Wolverine ability, uh, make their way into the game, and, and hopefully we'll see it do uh, good things for the scene instead of uh, another sword or Infinity Blade. Another or, Infinity Blade. <laughs> or another uh, Caddy Launcher situation. My heart. My heart and my brain. Don't don't remind me. No. Listen, <laughs> but, watching Sam and Chap with that thing in, in Winter Royale in games, I'll never forget it. And that's that's why I'm I'm happy to have been there. All right. Even if it's uh it was an interesting moment in our careers. It tested us, yeah. but uh, it also immortalized us in Fortnite. So it's whatever. My my voice is all over those clips. I own it nice and proud. Um <laughs> what I what I'm most excited about not really the mythic abilities is the POIs. I hope that they continue to bring in these big changes. I think the Stark Industry Edition, the Dooms Domain, right? Taking these known locations that we knew already and manipulating them in a nice fresh breath of air, right? Giving them a nice fresh view perspective because if you go to Dooms Domain, it still feels like Pleasant Park, but it has all these new just little quirks right these little things these little features that makes you feel more, much more immersed in the marvel world and yeah. if they can do that for the wolverine they can do that for you know more of that black panther theme and just all the other heroes and and characters that they're bringing in from this collaboration with marvel to the fortnite world and make it make sense i'm all for it i love that the map is evolving it really made for a great spectacle this weekend our first taste of high tier fortnite competitive action during that na west solo dream hack tournament that just happened so much more to come this week much more changes hopefully are going to make their way into the game but in a nice way like mm -hmm. i said in a map way not a mythic way you know absolutely uh like you said stark industry a really nice uh fresh breath of air but let's hope that all these new pois and all these new adjustments are the same 
but it's it's nice to see, and I'm excited to see what's next. I, I will say, uh, during the DreamHack tournament, we saw vehicles being used in high-tier competitive, and I thought that was just super cool, man. But also, we had some clips, dude. There was a guy, he took a vehicle, came driving, pile-driving his way off the retail row, and crashes his vehicle straight up into someone's box, demolishing all the builds, getting damage, and then jumping out and taking fights. That's what That's... Fortnite's all about. Like, when you watch that clip, all you think is like, bro, this this screams Fortnite. No, 100%. And and that's what keeps Fortnite nice and, and fresh, is adding these new new things that we have to more or less adapt to, but not crazy adapt to. So a car is a great utility in this game. And I, I've been for them from the beginning. It's not like we're getting, it's not like a mech. It's not like a plane. We're not getting blasted with 80,000 rockets uh, while we're trying to build boxes. No, the cars are extremely balanced and it's exciting to see people utilize them in that way that keeps it interesting and exciting for the viewer. Because let me tell you what, DreamHack was a lot of fun to watch. It was. It was. It was. It was good fun, man. It was. It was a great trial run for what could be this weekend tournament to come, right? So that was just our first iteration, our first taste of what the meta is. And I want to say the meta is evolving. We saw pro players using these vehicles not only, like I mentioned, as offensive tools, but even boxing them up, creating these huge four by one garages, keeping mm -hmm. the vehicles safe and sound to make rotates with. If you guys didn't know, each of the vehicles have their own. Uh, what, what's the word? I guess a tribute, right? Like the off-road truck goes really fast on dirt yeah. and grass roads. And, you know, let, let's break that down a little bit because there's also basically the only addition from the Stark Industries is the vehicle, the, the legendary vehicles. I guess there's two of them. Yeah, so the vehicles all drive different on different terrains. Uh, they're different speeds. They do different damage to builds, different damage to players. And it's really interesting to see the way that these are going to be used in competitive so like the truck, for instance, not the semi-truck, but the regular truck is good on all terrain. It hits players for damage and it's easy to rotate with with a, a, a with a good health bar. So it takes a lot to take out that truck. Then you have like the, the semi-truck, more damage, but it's slow. It'll definitely break through builds, but that's about it. And then you have like the Lamborghini or the, um, the, the faster paced vehicle when you're on the road that car is flying but as soon as you hit the grass you're it's like you're going five miles an hour so <laughs> these these cars are, are really interesting to see and i'm excited to see that the uh the way that they're going to use them in competitive like you said boxing them up keeping them safe it kind of reminds us of the ballers in the world cup trying to keep those ballers safe you make sure you got yours you got it boxed up you're keeping that thing until the end game and then you're floating and jumping around high <laughs> Hey, man, I, I wasn't a crazy fan of the ballers. There was just way too many of them on the map, giving 100%. people, granting people these free access to rotates and whatnot. They were great to play with in pubs. Uh, I do appreciate having my experiences with them in pubs, but Epic and Fortnite has gotten to a place where at least we're seeing more resistance into what they bring from the pub uh, matchmaking into the competitive format. And I want to hopefully continue to see that uh, develop, right? Because... It's it's cool. It's cool seeing comp have its own thing going on. And talking about that, that brings me to this next topic about the arena. We have like a hype leaderboard, right? So mm -hmm. I think Epic has been making great strides in the right direction of separating pub and comp. Of course, it's never going to hit that perfect medium. But I mean, we're seeing good steps in the right direction here. So I agree, especially with the hype leaderboard. But what I will say, there's one adjustment 
that has been driving me nuts in arena. And so personally, I'm not a solo player. I'm not big on playing solo. So I always like to play trios, but trying to, to grind your high points and trios is near impossible. If it's definitely not balanced to the way that you can do in solos and solos, I can get like three, four, 500 points in one game, but in trios, I feel like even if I make it into an end game, I'm losing points. Wow. So it's, it's tough. I wish they would balance the way that the hype works in trios and duos specifically and squads, of course, when squads comes back. But for now, that's the one pet peeve I have with Arena. Everything else has been great. Like you said, the introduction of the hype leaderboard is really cool. I just wish they would balance out trios a little bit more to make it easier. Not completely easy because it should be still a challenge, but at least a little bit more balanced to the way that solos is in your grind up to champion. Well, all right. I, I heard you loud and clear. I'll use my dev abilities to uh, go ahead and activate <laughs> that. Uh, you know, listen, guys, I'm, I'm not a dev for Epic, okay? I'm, I'm just a contractor like everyone else, okay? I get on there. I'm talent. You know, I, I share your pain, too. Stop tweeting me those kind of things. I know I tell you tweet me your complaints at the Fortnite podcast at gmail.com, but please hold off on actually telling me what to change in the game. I cannot do that. Either Wait, way, monster, though, I thought that's what the D is for. No, the D is not for dev. <laughs> all right, it's the phase because I'm a graffiti artist. Go check the portfolio on the website. But Panda, let the people know at home where they can find you so we can get on out of here and release this bad boy. Hey, you can find me at twitch.tv slash life with Panda this week, the week of the 14th of September. I will actually be away, so my fiance will be on to play. She is nice. taking over the Twitch stream for the week, so that's going to be a lot of fun to watch from a distance. Uh, so that's going to be really cool, but that's where you can find me, uh, twitch.tv slash lifewithpanda, or on Twitter if you have any questions, uh, lifewpanda on Twitter. Hey, man, I'll be there. I'll check it out. I'll support the fam. And as always, Fortnite <laughs> fam, you can find my content, VOD reviews all week. DreamHack is back, so nothing but bangers. We also released some merch, so... Go check it out, man. Give it a little visit. Give it a little click and let me know how you guys feel. At MonsterDFace at all social medias, including the website now. I'll catch you guys soon. And don't forget to, of course, dance out those kills and boast in those victories royales.